So today's daf is daf kuf. The century number. Yeah, we're up to page 100 in, uh, in Meseches Yavamas. And we are up to the words, Mai Benayu. Okay? Mai Benayu, Ika Benayu. See where we are? It's uh, seven lines on top of the Amud. In the middle of the line, Mai Benayu, Ika Benayu. Let's remind ourselves we're in the middle of a beautiful, beautiful sugi over here. We just quoted a brisa. Very simple. The brisa says, gave us a list of ten people who even though they're permitted to eat truma, that we do not give them truma at the granary. Okay? They're permitted, we don't give it at the granary. And then we went through the list of why, who the ten are, and why they do not get truma at the granary. One of the people who are permitted to eat truma, but we don't give it to them at the granary, is a wife of a Kohen. A woman who was a Yisraelis, and married a Kohen, and now she wants to go pick up the truma at the granary. The halacha is we do not give it to her. Why not? So here's where we had a machlokas, and this was the last step we learned yesterday. One reason was either because of Gerusha, in case they get divorced, she can no longer eat truma. But if she shows up at the granary, they might actually give it to her when she's no longer capable of eating it. That's one concern, and therefore, you know, when they're not, they're not going to be aware of what happened. And the other reason given is because of Yichud. That um, it could end up being a Yichud situation with her and the person handing out the truma. Those were two reasons that we gave why the wife of a Kohen should not come to the granary. Either because of Yichud or in case she gets divorced, we don't want people to be unaware and continue giving her truma. Those are the two svaras. The two logics. Now says the Gemara, here's where we pick up on the seventh line. Correct. Now in addition to that, it seems to be, it seems to be a, a bigger issue. A bigger issue that comes up with a divorce is what happens if, there, she, if, he, she's a, if she's a previous Grusha who's married to a Kohen. So then also people are going to think, you know, Mishum Grusha, you could also explain it to mean, what if she's a Grusha currently married to a Kohen where she's not allowed to eat Truma? The Rabbanan don't allow that because it's a forbidden marriage. So also, you know, people are just going to say, oh, even while she's married, they might give her Truma. So since people aren't so, you know, the word's not always out there about what the matzav is. So according to, because of these two svaras, we don't give it to her. So which the Gemara says, my benayu. What's the practical difference in these two svaras? Here we go. Ika benayu. I'll tell you, case number one is, um, the, the first nafkamina is, if you have a granary that's near the city, so near the city makes it that people are aware of their marital reality. So they're aware of that. They know them from town, they know the situation, they know whether or not she's going to be allowed to take truma. However, other men don't commonly go to the granary, therefore there's still a yichud problem. So the one who holds that the issue is yichud, this will be a problem. The one who holds that the problem is people are going to be unaware of the marital status, this will not be a problem, because when it's near the city, people know each other's business. Right, as they say, what business is a yenta in? Yours. Okay, your business, yeah? They know each other's business, fine. Inami. Or another possible nafkamina, another possible difference is, the meirachik, let's say the granary is far from the city, so people are unaware of what's going on with her marriage. She might be a grusha married to Kush, maybe the not know. And people are commonly found there, hence there's not going to be a yichud issue. Okay, so depending on what you hold, the main issue is, is going to determine when and if we give the, the truma over to the woman. Okay, fine. Says the Gemara, the kulon mishagrin lahem lebateyem chutzmi tomei v'naisa isha she ena againesle. The Brisa says, you know, we gave a list of 10 people who they're not, we don't give them truma at the granary. However, we will send truma to their homes except for a kohen who's tomei. We're not going to send truma to his home even with a shliach, even with a Uber Eats or with Grubhub. Um, and we're also not going to send it to the home of somebody who marries a woman who is improper for him. Okay? You're not allowed to eat truma under such a circumstance. Says the Gemara, but it seems one of the ten, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. What do you mean not proper? What, what are you saying not proper? Uh, a woman who he's not allowed to marry. What's that? Uh, Cohen marries a divorcee. Yeah. So the halacha is, you're not allowed to send him truma. We don't want to make life easier for him. We want to make it harder for him. This way, make his life complicated. Maybe he'll divorce her. It's, you know, maybe he'll feel the pressure. I mean, I mean, she can't eat it, but he can still eat. Yeah, but we don't send it to him. No, but I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So it seems to imply who do we not send food to with a shliach? Who was on this list? So we said a, a, a Kohen who marries a divorcee, for example, or. Or Kohen uh, Ustame. Uh, now, another person on this list who was, did not receive the truma in the granary was an Arel. Earl. Yeah, doesn't have a bris milah. It seems that if somebody is a Arel, does not have a bris milah, we will send Juber Eats to his house. My time, why? Mishum de Onis. Because he's a complete inus, complete accident. What does that mean? You know what it means? We're not dealing, right, we're not dealing with somebody who could be getting a bris mila. This is talking about a Kohen, there were hemophilia? Yeah. Where, where the Kohen had um, brothers that passed away from bleeding from bris. So he's not, he, according to halacha, he's not allowed to receive a bris. So over there, we'll send to his house. There's no need to knas him. Okay? Now, he himself, remember, he himself cannot eat chuma because he's an, an RL cannot eat chuma. But his family could. So if you're a coin who marries the wrong woman, we're not going to send to you. We want to make your life complicated. But an RL, even though he himself cannot eat it, since his family could, there's no need for us to find him. There's nothing else he could do. He's doing everything that needs to be done. Says the Gemara, well, if that's true, that we're going to send Truma to the home of an of a Arl because it's at no fault of his own. Tomei nami ha'anis. If somebody becomes impure, you're also an anus. It, it could also happen by accident. Maybe it wasn't on purpose that he became Tomei. We why should we not send Truma to a Tomei person's home? Send it. It was an accident. Says the Gemara. What a beautiful message. You ready? Hi nafish unsei. An Arl is a total anus. It's a total accident. There's nothing you can do. Your brother's passed away. That's it. From bleeding. There's nothing you can do. This other person is not nafish unsei. You don't tell me there was nothing you could do. Okay? It's an unfortunate circumstance. But don't tell me there's nothing you could do. If you want to get to the airport 45 minutes before your flight when they close check-in for suitcases, and you want to get to your gate 10 minutes because you don't want to sit in the airport, and you get stuck in five minutes of traffic, and you show up 40 minutes before your flight, and you get to the gate and it's closed, don't blame it on traffic. You're right. The traffic was out of your control. But you put yourself into that matzav. It did take something on your part. And the same thing holds true very often with tumma, Right? It was your decision that led to it. Even if you're not accountable, you could be totally putter. It's not your responsibility. Nobody wants to be accountable. Practically speaking, though, very often things in our lives that we excuse for ourselves as valid excuses, if we would have been more careful, it wouldn't have happened. Now, you can't live your life OCD either. You don't always have to be. But just the, the Gemara is making a very beautiful differentiation that we need to be aware of. There's things that are totally out of our control. And then there are things where, all right, no. Things happen. It's out of our control. Maybe I'm not, held, I'm not accountable, but the mice, am I a total honest? No, you could still shoulder some of the burden. And that's what you put on the guy who's tummy. Okay. You are in Marcus. That one in Karaglamazit. It's a Shogig Karaglamazit. All pointing out that there's different, different levels of Shogig, unintentional happenstances. Sometimes things are completely unintentional. Sometimes you're a shogate car of Lamezid. It's unintentional, but like there's a little bit of intention involved. Like that, that, that nuance, that's your pointing out. There's a similar nuance that's there. Okay, very good. So the bottom line is, what are we walking away from as far as sending Truma to the home of the RL? So we said, these 10 people again do not get in the granary. We do send it to their homes besides for the tummy guy and besides for the Kohen who married 
um, who married uh, the wrong a, a woman he wasn't permitted to marry. But an RL we could send. Why? It's at no fault of his own. Tomei, I, we ask, it's at no fault of his own. And the Gemara answer is no, there is fault of your own. There is something you could have done. You put yourself into that circumstance. Hence, we're not going to send it to you. Okay, here we go. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned in socially. On this list, we said an Evan, a servant of a Kohen, the Isha, and a woman also do not receive the Truma and the Bresak But in a place where we do give uh, Truma to the women at the granary, if women come to the granary, you know what you should do? Don't put them in the back of the bus. They go first. Women first. And then you let her go. You don't keep women waiting in line. Okay? Something that we know in America. Women first. We know this. Huh? All right. Maybe for... This is, I'm assuming for... This for Tzniah's reasons. Yeah, for Tzniah's reasons. You you, you, you know, it's also disrespectful. Okay, it's disrespectful for... uh, to, you know, there's uh, a woman's not comfortable there, and it's, it's not. She doesn't feel like it's her place. Somebody's like you. You let her go first, and then let her go home. You don't need to keep her waiting. Get wait your place in line. No, women first. Says the Gemara. I don't understand. Maika um, Amar. How does uh, how do these two statements? How can you reconcile them? Because on one hand, we're saying you know, women shouldn't come to the granary, and now we're saying, but if they do, if it's a place that doesn't care about that. They should go first. What does that mean? Should they come? Should they not come? The Gemara says, Let's explain. Here's what it means. In a place where Miser Ani is handed out, the Miser of the poor, so then, then a woman belongs there. She's also, if a woman's an Ani, she's there to get her Miser. She's there. You have women to give to and men to give to. You give the women first. My time Mishum Zilusa. No, Mishumzilusa means a woman feels degraded to have to wait in a room uh, amongst all the men. It's, not, it's, it's simply, don't do taruvis even over here. It's just disrespectful. It's such a, also another beautiful mida where when you look out at a crowd of people, notice who's not comfortable and make them comfortable. Make them comfortable. Notice who's, you know, people... You could be the most self-confident person. You walk into another show you've never been in. You don't know if you're taking someone's seat. You're a little on edge. You don't know. You don't want to, and you don't want to be taken. You don't know. Right? Somebody comes over and says, "Yeah, you can sit here. You can sit there." Nothing to do with with. It's not like I have a problem. It's just a, it's just a reality. The reality is the Gemara is teaching us a mida. Meet me. This simple midas. If you see somebody's a little out of place. Make sure they're taken care of first. At first, when I would have a man and a woman come uh, to uh, have a din Torah in my bezdin, uh, I would take care of the man's din Torah first. Amina, and the reason why I took care of the man before the woman is I would say, Now listen, this guy's obligated in mitzvahs, Women are not completely obligated in mitzvahs, and therefore, the fact that they have more mitzvahs to perform, I should take care of their obligation first. However, once I learned the halacha, that when a woman comes to the granary, you actually take care of them first. Why? Because midos, 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 midos. Sharina tigra ditzabereisha, I always take a woman's din Torah first. My time up, mishum zilusa. Because she's uncomfortable. She's degraded. Therefore, you make sure to take her first. Fascinating, right? You have on one side somebody who has the opportunity. To, you, you want to be involved in a commandment of Hashem. Build your relationship with Hashem. On the other hand, you have Zilusa. You have uh, somebody who's going to be uncomfortable. Which one comes first? One is uncomfortable. It's, uh, apparently, they asked her of Shach. What, what do you look for in a Shidduch? What should you look for in a Shidduch for your daughter? So he said, you have to look for three things. Midos, Midos, Midos. That's you have to look for. All right, three things. That's you look for. All right, that, 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 that's what overrides over here. Period, Gavaldic, two dots, says the Mishnah Viter. Higdilu Hataruvis. Okay, 
So remember the case. The case was where you have these sons and we're not sure who's the Eved and who's the Kohen. Yeah? So what, what would they do? When they get older, they could free each other. When they're younger, before their Bar Mitzvah, they're not able to free each other because they have no access to that power. But once they get older, they should free each other. And now each one is either a Kohen or a freed Eved. All right, let's get into this. Says the Gemara. Shikharu, um, once they are free, Iba'i in, Iba'i lai. Meaning, they get, I'm not once they're free, I'm sorry. Once they get older, let's say they both say, we don't want to free each other. We both want to stay in a status where we might be a Kohen or we might be an Evid. We don't want to free each other. I don't know if I'm the owner. I don't know if I'm the servant. Okay. So they, if they don't want to, they don't want to, we don't force them. Says, why? When they are, you know, either way, before they free each other. Yeah, so they're both stuck. They can't marry a shivcha because they might be a Kohen. And they also cannot marry a regular woman because they might be an Eved and a woman is not allowed to marry an Eved. So we should force them to free each other. Okay? Force them to free each other. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Rava says, You're right. You're right. Halacha actually is, we do force it, we force the matzah, we force situation. We don't allow it to stay. Now this halacha is very consistent with the, with, uh, the halacha that we had earlier in the Masechta and other places in Shas. If you have two partners, two shutfin, they don't own a person, and one frees half, the other one's not free, so the evidence is half free, half owned. We force the other one to, um, to allow the guy to buy himself out so that he can marry. We don't keep him in a state of limbo, so too over here. Okay. Viter, two, next two dots, next part of the Mishnah. Nice and the Isha We nice and I'm sorry. Nice and We give we give or we put on top of these um, suffakes the chumras of both Kaihanim and Yisrael. Okay, we give them chumras of both. Now let's look back at the Mishnah. What was the case on the last line of the Mishnah? It's Sadi Tesem Bebeis. The Mishnah, the Mishnah said that um, on the Sufi Kahanim, they give them the Chumras of both Kahanim and the Yisraelim. Okay, now remember what was the case. The case was where they, they uh, got older, they freed each other. So um, we don't know if they're Kahanim or Yisraelim now. Okay, because now that they're free, once they're free, they may very well be regular Yisraelim. So let's get into this, says the Gemara. Uh, as far as which halacha for somebody to go bring a carbon mincha. Now, carbon mincha is a fascinating sacrifice because some of it's burnt on the mizbeach, some goes to the kain, and some goes to the one who offers it. So, um, there's an obligation of taking kemitza like the mincha of a Yisrael. Okay, and ve'enon echeles keminchas kehanim. And whatever's left over, you're not allowed to eat like happens, like what happens by the mincha of a kohen. Okay, meaning when a Yisrael brings it, so he separates kamitza, and the rest could be eaten by a kohen. When a kohen does it, the entire thing is ultimately burnt. So you're going to take on both of these chumras. You're going to do the kamitza like Yisrael, but you can't eat any of it like a kohen. Haketzad. So what does it look like? The kaimets the that was separated, which is usually only done by Yisrael, that's burnt on the Mizbeach by itself. And what was left over afterwards, since the Kahanim are not, since he's not allowed to eat it because he might be a Kayin and therefore it's obligated to, he can't be, and therefore he's, yeah, because he might be a Kayin, therefore the whole thing's obligated to be burnt. Then you bring the rest on the Mizbeach separately. This way, instead of bringing it all together, you did it in two different steps so you could be Makayim, you can fulfill the mitzvah. Now, Ikri Khan, Koshemimenu Leishim, Harehu Bebal Saktiru. He says the Gemara, I don't understand something. 
Over here, why don't we say that anything which is a chilek, anything that from it gets put on the fire, is, uh, is included in the obligation of not burning. Meaning, very nice, you want to fulfill all the chumras, but this is a chumra that ends up being a kula. It ends up being a leniency because you may end up transgressing by burning the remainder of the carbon mincha once the kaimitz has been burnt. Usually you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to burn once, uh, once uh, the, the kaimitz was brought. No, what we do over here is, is gonna, the, when we bring it, we don't bring it as a carbon, but we bring it on the mezbeach, the rest of the mincha, as eitzim, as wood for the mezbeach. This way it's being burnt, but he's not, if, if we're not doing it in a way of a carbon. We're kind of like minimizing the, you know, the, uh, the direct transgression. You're not allowed to burn it up. But you're allowed to burn it. Makes sense according to the opinion of Rebbe You're allowed to burn it. But not everybody agrees with that. According to Rabbanon, we're still stuck. You can end up burning after the Kamitsa, something that's forbidden to burn. What are you going to say? How is this permitted to burn? Says the Gemara, David Lakar, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, the Tanya. We learned in a Brisa, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Aimer, Rabbi Lazar, the son of Rabbi Shimon, says, The Kaimitz is brought on the Mizbeach by itself. Vashirayim, and whatever's left over after you separate the comates of flour, mispazrin al base hadeshen, they spread it out over the base hadeshen, the pile that was there of the ashes. And even the Rabbanon do not argue over here, on the only time they say it's a problem of burning it is by a minchas chayte of kaihanim. Why? Because there it's supposed to be brought on the mizbeach. But over here, where the whole thing is a suffix, we don't know if this guy's a kayan, if this guy's a Yisrael. I feel the Rabbanon maidu. The Rabbanon would say, listen, you know what? You burn the kaimitz, then the rest of it we should spread out on top of the deshan. I think there's, a, again, another beautiful concept to take with us. And that is, it seems the Gemara itself is not so confident that there's a direct pshat. There's a direct, like, clear-cut approach other than we're doing the best with the situation that's in front of us. Right? It's like, okay, like... You, you can't leave it. You can't do nothing. There's a suffix. At the same time, you can't be makravit according to the Rabbanans. So you're just stuck. So what are you going to do? So the best alternative is, okay, burn the kaimitz, and the rest, you'll, you has to be brought to the Mizbeach. So you'll bring it to the Mizbeach, but you can't burn it according to the Rabbanans. So you spread it out on top of the Deshem. Okay. You, you're trying your best over here. You know, you're doing the best with the, with the matzav that's in front of you. Okay. Here we go. Viter in the Mishnah, three lines from the bottom of Kuf Amar Aleph. Yeah, um, I don't know. It fell out, but I don't know what it is. I took it out of one of the computers that we get rid of the truth. Me, you want to try to see what's on it? Me shalashasa achar b'ayloshloshchadoshim. All right, here we go. Back to a situation where we have a confusing Sunday. All right. How is it a confusing Sunday? So here's what happens. A woman does not wait the required three months uh, before marrying a second man. She marries a guy one month after ending her first marriage and now she has a child. We don't know if this kid comes from husband number one or husband number two. And besides for that, you ready? She already had children from husband number one and she will have children from husband number two. All right. So you know what we call this? This kid's kind of like the sandwich because here's what happens. There's a woman... Married to a guy. Nothing strange yet. They have two sons. He dies. She gets married three weeks later. And has a baby eight months later. Who's this kid's dad? This cream in the middle of the sandwich. We don't know. We don't know. Then she has two more children from husband number two. So that she ultimately has five boys. Her first two boys are for husband number one. The third kid, the middle child, 
No clue. Like a regular middle child. Doesn't know where he belongs in the family. Right? Regular middle child. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Yeah? And then marriage number two, she has two more kids. The two younger kids. So now here's going to be the issue. If the sons of husband number one die childless, or the sons of husband number two die, die childless, where's this middle kid going to fit in? Is he their paternal brother or not? He doesn't know. He doesn't know whose paternal brother he is. Okay? Now, if you just say he should do chalitza, that's going to take away everybody else's yibam. But if you just say they could do yibam, you know, one of the remaining brothers is around, then once they do yibam, he's totally off the, off the hook. So let's see. Well, he'd, be the young, he'd be the youngest from the first two. Okay. And he'd be the oldest. The, very the good. Two, very so good. So let's see. Uh, what if he two. dies? What if he were to die childless? So he's got four brothers uh, from two different fathers that, uh, all right, let's get going over here. Uh, it's so beautiful. This is how people open cans of worms. All right. So we don't know who his brothers are. Um, and this mother has two sons from her first husband and two sons from her second husband. Okay. The is Cholzin Veloy Miyavman. If he dies, the one who's a Suffolk, so they all should do Chalitza and not Yibam. Okay? They're actually not allowed to take her in Yibam. We'll see why. We'll see why. Okay? They, and nobody's allowed to do Yibam. It's completely, uh, complete Chalitza over here. Says the Gemara. And the same would be true if, let's say, his four brothers die without children. The halacha is, Also, he's going to be obligated to do chalitza. He's not allowed to do yibum. Okay? Now let's think about this. In the first case where he dies, why can't the other brothers do yibum? They should be able to do Yibam. Why? Because either it's a brother, so therefore they can do Yibam. Yeah, or... he's a stranger, and therefore... That's what you'd think, but here's the problem. He's not a stranger because she's still the husband of your maternal brother's wife. And that's us, sir. They certainly all share the same mother. Okay. That's the chap over here. All right. That's the chap. Here's the catch. All five boys have the same mom. They all have the same mind. Now, they don't, um, uh, they, they, they certainly don't all share the same father. We just don't know where the paternal, where, where the, the suffix guy fits in. So since we don't know which ones are paternal brothers of the suffix and which are only maternal brothers of the suffix, we say each one has the possibility that the one who died is his paternal, is his, uh, only his maternal brother, not his paternal brother, and therefore they should all be, uh, they should all not be allowed to do Yibam. So you should never be able, none of these brothers ever should be able to do Yibam because they're all from the same mother. But that's only when you also have the father. Rabbi Arvinsky is saying like this, whenever you share parents, talking about sharing parents? Talking about sharing a mother, because you said Yibum is by the father. Correct. And if you share the mother, it's usher to marry your brother's wife from your mother. That's what you just only. said. Only. Only. When when you when it's only your brother from your mother's wife, you're not allowed to marry her. She's still called Eshazach. There's no mitzvah. In other words, if you both if you all share both parents, right. then you're allowed. Mother and father, your full siblings, you're allowed. We learned that from Yaakov. We learned, okay. Now, if it's only a maternal brother, then there's, there's nothing kicking in here that's releasing the wife to you. But all these are maternal brothers. Right. Without, with each one having the possibility that they're not paternal brothers, right. therefore there's an obligation of chalitza without yibam. That's why yibam is going to be usher. Okay? Now... The same for that same reason, if they were to die, he cannot marry their wives because to each, to each widow, 
he may only be the maternal brother of her husband, and therefore the transgression remains in place. Okay? Geshmak. Added Kneitch over here. All right, let's keep going. Top of Kuf Amud Beis, 100B. Okay, we got that? The issue, that there's an underlying, uh, underlying issue over here of being only the maternal brother's wife, and hence that's going to that's gonna keep the, the issue. Okay. Hayoloi Achim in Arishon, the Achim in Asheni, Shaloi Me'aisahaim. What if he had, okay, um, notice th- th- this guy, we don't know who the father is. Still, same, same situation. Now, not necessarily that he had two brothers from the first marriage and two brothers in the second marriage, but also, like, his mother married too quick, okay? And he has brothers from his mother's first marriage, and he has brothers from the second, I'm sorry, he has brothers from the first marriage, and he has brothers who he shares, um, right, he shares a Suffolk father with, but they have a different mother. Let's say the second husband has another, has another wife. The second husband has another wife besides for his mother, and there's boys. So these boys might be his half-brothers through the father, and they might have no connection with him at all. Right? They, they might have completely different parents. So who chaylets umiyavim? So now he could do either one. Because you don't run into the problem of being your mother's kids. They're not his mother's kids. So that, that's done with. The haim, and if he dies, let one do chalitza, and the other one do yibam. Because at the time the second one's doing yibam, either way, he's either going to be fulfilling the midst of yibam, or there's going to be a woman who's not his, uh, you know, who's permitted to the marketplace. Okay. Period. That, that's as far as this suffake kid from husband number one, husband number two, as far as Yibam is concerned. Now the, um, the rest of the Mishnah is going to get into further issues that he's going to run into. Okay, again, let's just, let's just uh, uh, remind ourselves what happened. A woman's married to husband number one. She marries husband number two a month later. And they have a baby eight months after that. We don't know who this kid's father is. We just discussed the ramifications of Yibam. Let's get into other ramifications of this kid's life. Here we go. What if the first husband was a Yisrael and the woman now marries a Kohen? Yeah? The second husband. So this kid doesn't know. Is he from the first husband? Then he's a Yisrael. Is he from the second husband? Now he's a Kohen. No say Isha Rui Lekohen. So the halacha is when it comes to Shaduchim, he's not allowed to go, go out with a Chalutza or a Grusha. He can't date them because he might be a Kohen. He also cannot become Tame because he might be a Kohen. But if you did it, we're not going to give you Malkus because he might be a Yisrael. You're not allowed to eat Shuma because you might be a Yisrael. Vim but if you did eat it and you transgressed, you don't need to pl- you don't need to pay the usual principal and the fifth because you might be a Kohen. And until you can prove otherwise, I might be a variety. You're gonna have to prove that he's financially obligated. We're not gonna give him a portion from the granary because you might be a Yisrael. But you're allowed to sell the value of the truma. And keep the money you yourself are need to get because again now it's a financial deal and you might be a coin and we can't take that away from you. Now notice it doesn't say in the Mishnah he should be doing this and he should be keeping it, but you know if he if he wants to be stubborn about it, we'll allow it. We're not going to give him parts of kachim that usually go to a coin because he might be a Yisrael. Nor do we give him kachim. However, if something is kachim that's usually go to a kohen, we're not going to take it away from him because he might be a kohen. And and uh, until we prove otherwise, you can't force it. And the regular parts that are given to a kohen, the regular parts of the body that are given to a kohen by a carbon, we're not going to force him to give it because 
He's a Kohen. Technically, he could hold on to it. Ubechayrei, and his firstborn animal, Yehiraya Adshe Yistoiv. You let it graze until it gets a, a mum, because we don't know what to do with it, so we treat it like he's a Yisrael. Basically, he says the Mishnah, we're giving him all of the stringencies that a Kohen has to take on, and all of the stringencies that a regular Yisrael has to take on. That is if a woman first marries a Yisrael and then marries a Kohen, or vice versa. Okay? One husband's Yisrael, one Yisrael's a Kohen. Now let's keep going. What happens if husband number one is a Kohen, and then a month later she marries a second Kohen? So this kid, we just don't know who the father is, but is he certainly a Kohen? Yeah, certainly a Kohen. So here we go. He is an onin for both of these fathers. Okay? Now an onin, as if somebody passes away, they're not a, an onin, uh, a kohen, is not allowed to perform any mitzvos, and he's not allowed to eat from kodshim. So, um, if any one of these men pass away, he can no longer eat from the animals on that day. Okay. And the same halacha would be for the fathers if he were to die. They don't know if it's his, he, the, the father doesn't know if, if it's his kid or not. So the same thing would apply. He has to take on the chumrah of onin. Who Even though they're considering themselves to be an onin, he cannot make himself, he cannot go to the levaya. He cannot go to the cemetery over here because the one, the one whose levaya it is might not be his papa. And they cannot become Tame for his Leviah because it might not be your son. He does not inherit either one. Okay? Why not? Because any other kid who's there is going to say, prove that you're my brother. Prove you're my brother, then I'll give you a part. Until you prove you're my brother. I have a chazaka of being a child, and you don't. Okay? Avolheim Yarshu say. But they would inherit him. If this Safi kid were to die, so the two, uh, the two potential fathers are going to split the finances. You know why? Now we're assuming here because there's nobody else to, that, that, you know, there's no children to inherit. So it's going to the father. Now, the law is whenever you have a suffix without any ability to clarify, what do you do? Yachleiku. You split the money. You split what's happening here. So therefore they do a split ski. They'll divide it. Because it might be either one of them. There's no way to clarify this. God forbid somebody curses out their father. Hits their father. Causes bleeding. There's a chi of Misa. Over here there's not going to be a chi of Misa. Because the child, if he hits the father, curses out the father. Can always say, maybe it's not my father. Very interesting. He's certainly a Kohen though. So he can join either family. Okay? Not either. He can even do both. He can join both families. You know why? Because every Kohen has a right to work in the Beis HaMikdash. So if he were to show up, they're going to say to him, I'm sorry, he could say to them, interestingly, prove I'm not part of the Mishpacha. And until you prove I'm not part of the Mishpacha, I am part of the Mishpacha. We'll see why he could do that. And it's on them to prove and not him. However, if both fathers come from the same... Um, oh, even though he's working the Mishmar, he doesn't get a part of the meat that the Mishmar gets because they can now tell him, you, you prove it. Okay? Let's say both fathers, both potential fathers, are in the same Mishmar. So then he can get meat from the Mishmar. How, uh, he may get meat from the Mishmar. However, he only gets one portion. He can't take two portions. Period. Incredible, incredible Mishnah. Let's get going over here. Says the Gemara. This is true only when the Chalitz is done first. You can't do Yibam first. Because, same that we said earlier, you're going to end up being pagami yavam l'shok, the only time you're allowed to do it after everybody else does chalitza is because mamon of shach. Either way, she's either your yavama or she's pater. Until you're in that state where you know for sure that she's going to be permitted to you, you're not allowed to marry her. Okay. 
Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Asar kahanim oimdim upirish echad mehemubal. If you have ten kahanim that are standing together, and one of them goes and has relations with a woman, Havlad Shtuki, this kid is in the category of a Shtuki. Okay, meaning we know the father is a Kohen, but we just don't know which Kohen is the father. This kid is going to be called a Shtuki. Okay, says the Gemara, my Shtuki, what does it mean he's a Shtuki? If you're going to say that we quiet him and we say you cannot get inheritance from your father's property, pshita, of course, that, that's, that's simple, that's obvious. We don't, know who the, we, don't, we don't know who the father is, yeah? so of course he's not going to be able to take money without proving it. Rather, we quiet him from the halachos of kahuna. Okay, now what does it mean we quiet for loves of Guna? We know he's a Kohen. We know he's a Kohen. Still, we don't allow him to partake in the Avaidah. Incredible. My time, or why not? The Avaidah is done for Aaron and his Kohen and the, and the Kohen that comes after him. Over here, there's no yichus. We know you're a kayin, but we don't have yichus. You have no lineage. You don't know who your father is. There has to be an unbroken chain. To, uh, and if you, if you don't know who your father is, you cannot be do that. The master of the father says, what do you mean? I'm yata gabi Avram. Avram avinu. Tichsev liyais tichal adakim. L'zarecha acharecha. You'll be a, Hashem says, I'll be a God for you and your children after you. Hosamai kamizabay rachmana. What is the Torah telling Avram avinu by after you? That it's only an obligation on anybody who has complete lineage? Of course not. This is what HaKadosh Baruch was telling Avram. Do not marry in Basra. So that your children should still become Jewish. Notice if you marry out, your children will, uh, will not be Jewish. Okay. But it has nothing to do with the laws of Cain. That's a challenging question. And again, what are we trying to challenge? That if a Kayan doesn't know exactly who his father is, he cannot partake. This is a Bryce we had earlier. And here's what happened. If let's say a Yavah marries Yavama without waiting the three months, which is obligated. So we say, if both brothers are Kahanim, they're brothers. So this kid, the first child, is certainly fit to be a Kayan Gadol. Because either way... He's from the first husband or from the second husband. How can you tell me to be a kind of We don't know who his father is. Is it the older brother who died? Or is it the second brother who's still here? Veleka, he doesn't have that. Why tell me to be a kind of Says Gemara, You're right. This that you need Zarami Yochas Akharov, that's only a din, Dirabana, cross Machtabam, and the, and the Pasuk, the Rabbana make a decree. You have to know who your father is. And the Pasuk is what they lean it on. The Chigazar Rabbana, when the Rabbana make their decree, Biznos, only by a case of Znos. But by Nesuin, the Rabbana didn't make their decree. Okay? In other words, by Yibum and Chalitza, um, there we're going to allow the kid to be a Kain uh, Gadol. Because even though we don't know exactly who it is, we know that it came from a valid marriage. We just don't know who the father is. Um, but uh, by, by Znus, which is, we'll call it uh, unexpected over here. So, you know, you, you have ten kaihanim, and one of them goes and has relations with a regular woman. We, we don't want that. We don't want that to happen. And therefore, make a decree that the kid cannot do the Avaidah. Says the Gemara, is that true? But Znus, because Rabbanon, if a child comes from a Kohen through Znus, do, 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 did the Rabbana make a decree? But tonight we learned in the Mishnah. Me, Shalai Shosa, Achar, Baal Shesh, Gadash, Mubim, doesn't wait the required three months. Venise Svialda, and she marries somebody within three months and she has a child, my Achar Bala. What we said, she really has to wait after, for after her husband. She had to wait. It doesn't mean after her husband passed away, but Ema Seifel, let's look at the end of the Mishnah. It says, Who Ainin Aleyem? It makes sense why he's an Ainin for either one. Mishkachasla will find the case. Mishkachasla, comma, Mishkachasla, I'm sorry, let me, let me say it again. Ema Seifa. Who Ainin Aleim, Behain Ainin Alav. See where I am? I went back a Okay, Ema Seifa. Who Ainin Aleim? He is going to be an Ainin for the fathers, and they need to consider themselves to be an Ainin for him as well. 
Well, the case will be where there was Nisuin. Okay, meaning um, the second husband, there's certainly a marriage, so he'll have to consider himself an Ainin. And you know how else he'll have Likaratsama is the first one. You know what the question is? Like this. If we're dealing with the first husband dying and she didn't wait three months, how can you tell me this child who's a suffolk can be Matame to his first father? His first father's dead. How can he be an Ainin? Oh, so the Gemara says the case is going to be where the, there's, they exhume the body to transport it somewhere else. We know that those halachas kick back in. How can I find the case where they're both for him? The first husband's already dead. It is. A woman was married. Her husband dies. She remarries a second guy. Too quick. The two fathers can be an Ainin if the kid dies. The first husband can't be an Ainin. He's dead. So the Gemara says, you're right. I'll tell you the case. She, the first guy didn't die. He got divorced. And a month after the divorce, she remarried. Umay Akhar Baila. And what does it mean after her husband? Akhar Baila, after her husband gave her a divorce. The Gemara says that can't be the case either. Say the Seifa. Who ain't Matami Lahem? Ain't Matami Lahem? Vishma ain't Matami Lahem? The Chumra. The Kochat Vachad Domalab Brehu. You can't do it because maybe it's not his kid. So you can't be Matami. You're not a close relative. Who ain't Matami Lahem? Why can't it be Matami for them? Vishma Lishani Lahem? Matami Lahem makes a second one. He cannot be Matami because he might not be related. Either way, he should be allowed to be Matame himself, become Tame for the first husband. You know why? Ibrehu, if he's the child of the first husband, become Matame. So that's the halacha. Vibar Basrahu, ready for this? And if he's the child of the second husband, Shapirkam Matame, the Chololu. Ah! If he's the child of the second husband, so then he's a Cholol because his father married a Gerusha. If the case is a Getz, now you have a Kay, you married a Gerusha, this kid's a Cholol, he's allowed to become Tame. Incredible! So can you, don't tell me the case is a grusha. It's not shayach, it's not possible. We, rather, we need to go back to our original understanding where husband number one, Zichr, died, certainly died. And if husband number one certainly died, how are we going to rectify the words of the Mishnah? Elolav, rather, we're dealing with the case of Znus. The whole case is dealing where, we're dealing with the woman didn't marry a second guy. She had intercourse. Out of wedlock with a second guy. Umay Akhar Baila. And what does it mean after her husband? It means Akhar Baila. The one who had relations with her. And the Mishra says, And the Mishra says, he still goes up with either Mishmar. You hit us. So now it's going to come out. You have a kid whose mother was Mizana. He is certainly a Kohen because either from the marriage of, his first, uh, of the first husband or with the out of wedlock intercourse. Of the second husband. Either way, the kids are kind, and we say it could go to either Mishmar. Amar of Shmaya. If Shmaya says the case is going to be by a woman that um, that does Mion. Okay. Huh? Can a woman, is she old enough to do Mion? Uh, 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 uh. No, she did Mion and didn't wait three months. Okay. She did Mion and, and uh, she didn't wait three months. Mima'enas Mika Yolda says, no, it's not possible. Because if she was Mima'enas, she can't have kids. You know why? But Tanya Rabbi Kamei Rab Nachman. Rabbi says in front of Rab Nachman, Shalish Noshim Mishamshes B'Meich. There's three women who we tell them they should have relations with a Meich. Kitana Mubaris Umeinika. Kitana, when a woman's a minor, Shemet the Saber Thomas, we don't want her becoming pregnant. Her body's not capable of handling this, and therefore we tell them use uh, use um, a birth control. Okay, Mubaris if she's pregnant, Shematasa Ubarasandal, which is what we explained earlier. Right, last time we learned this, however it works out scientifically nowadays, whether things were different back then, but if she would be- become impregnated while she was already pregnant, it could hurt the older child. Menika, if she was a nursing woman, Shema Tigmol es it, uh, it, it might end up that the second husband is going gonna, is gonna, to, uh, she end up being uh, weaning off her first child who still needs it, the husband's not going to care so much about that child, and that child's going to die. So therefore, we say, you know, better not to have a child yet with the second husband. As long as she's 11 years old, until 12 years old, if she's older or younger than this, she's 10 years old, you don't need to use um, birth control. You know why? She can't become pregnant anyway. If she's older than that, her body can handle it. 
Either way, let us have a regular intercourse and move on. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of the simple one. But Lemaisa, what are we pointing out from this? We see that uh, if you have a Katana who's under age 11, where she's able to do Miyun, but she's not capable of having a child, and once she passes the age of being able to have a child, she can't do Miyun anymore, so give me a case where she's going to do Miyun, and we're still not sure who the father of this kid is. Ask the Gemara, basically, we know the kid comes from the second husband because she wasn't old enough to have a child from the first husband. To which the Gemara answers, and we'll end with this, we'll end with this step. I'll tell you a case. A regular woman, but the marriage was a mistake. It's a mistake. She was married to a guy, and now she back, and now uh, it was based on some sort of condition. It was condition. They never had intercourse. She said, I'm marrying you, but on condition that something happens. And it wasn't followed through. And she wasn't forced. Asura, that's when she becomes Asur to remain with her husband. If a woman who's married and she has an affair with somebody else, not being violated, not being forced, she cannot go back to her original husband. If she was forced, she can go back to her husband. There's a woman, even if she's not forced, she's not allowed to go back to her husband. I'm sorry. There's a woman who is even if she's not forced, is allowed to go back to her husband. The Ezuzu, what type of woman is this? Shekidusha Kedusha Tais, where her marriage itself was Kedusha Tais, which means it's kind of like nullified retroactively, or you could say it never happened in the first place. Shafilu Benoam, Morkavla Akseifa, even if her son is with her on her shoulder, okay? Meaning, they have Kedushan on a condition, and they have intercourse, and she becomes pregnant, she has a child, she's carrying a child around. But if the condition is not met, she can refuse the marriage and completely walk away. Okay? Beautiful. So that's going to be the case. Um, that's going to be the case of uh, Shmuel, where you're going to have a situation where the original marriage is going to be completely uh, uprooted. And, and uh, that's where we're going to say.